Welcome to QD Clinic on RA. I'm Jack Cushwood, Room Now. Today's case is the RA patient who needs vaccination. So your patient who's 53 years old calls and needs to take, and you can fill in the blank, COVID vaccine or influenza or the new Prev Prevnar 20. And then what are you going to do with the patient's therapy um, when they have RA? The patient is marginally controlled. Um, the patient is taking a JAK inhibitor and methotrexate. You're not sure if you might be changing in the future. And the question is, um, how are you going to manage this case? To me, this is very easy. Um, and I think that there's a few tenets we need to know about. The drugs that will clearly get in the way of vaccine responses are the following. Number one, rituximab. Every study's shown that. Number two, methotrexate blunts vaccine responses always. While rheumatoids may have, a, a, in general, a lesser humoral response than would be an, a non-RA non normal person in the population, they get good humor responses to most vaccines, but not on methotrexate, not on rituximab, and not on, you know, uber high doses of steroids. Though that's what you worry about. That's what you work around. So um, in the case of, you know, COVID vaccinations, I didn't vaccinate anybody who just got or needs to get um, a rituximab. I would work around it. And as such, I would wait at least until six months after, before I gave the vaccination I needed to give. If um, this patient who's on a JAK inhibitor and methotrexate, I would go with the current guideline that's out there based on the second PARC study about methotrexate being held, not for two weeks, but for one week, you get good responses, good humor responses, and no flare of disease activity. Um, Steroids, if you're on steroids, you can give, you know, your vaccine, but you may want to test whether or not they had a good response or may want to repeat the, vac the vaccination to get another boost, if you will, if they're taking doses greater than 20 milligrams a day. That's it for this QD Clinic. QD Clinic on RA is brought to you by our sponsor this month, BMS. Welcome to QD Clinics on RA. I'm Jack Cushwood, Room Now. Today's case is RA introductions. Mm-hmm. A 46-year-old female comes to see you for a second opinion and maybe to transfer her care to you. Heard good things about you. RA was diagnosed six years ago. Rheumatoid factor was positive, CCP greater than 250, symmetric polyarthritis, high sed rate, and CRP. The first rheumatologist she saw Gave her methotrexate, that made her kind of sick with GI stuff. Gave her hydroxychloroquine, she was freaked out about the eye thing and never filled the prescription. And she was on prednisone, which only made her gain weight and, and develop double vision. And, um, and so she tried to get off that, couldn't get off that. Went to a second rheumatologist who put her on leflunamide, caused hair loss and diarrhea. Um, put her on etanercept, which worked for a while, but then she got numbness and was worried about the ads on television. It said all those side effects, like 
you know, numbness. So now she's not doing well. She's um, has swollen joints. She has seven tender, four swollen joints. She's got pain and stiffness in her hands and her knees. When you're talking to her during this one hour intake visit, yeah, I do one hour intake visits. Um, she tells you about her anxiety, about her children, about her aunt who had horrible RA and had deforming disease and was in a bed for the last 10 years of her disease. Her parents are sick and she takes care of them and she can't because she's so sick herself. She tells you about a dinner party she went to last week where she found out she liked spice rum and giggled about that. Um, but clearly this woman is worried and nervous about seeing you because you're yet another doctor with a prescription pad and she has a mistrust of medicine and of the medicine men and women that she's hoping to get help from. So my big question to you is, what do you discuss to get her back on track? What is, what's the messaging where you're going to do her the most amount of good? And here are the choices. A, have a benefit-risk ratio discussion about the medicines you want to use. B, tell her that the more we wait, the more inflammation will run amok cause damage and comorbidities. There's no time to waste. C, family history is overemphasized. Don't get bogged down in that. D, that she should fear her rheumatoid arthritis way more than she should fear the drugs that the doctors have used or may want to use in the future. And lastly, E, why spice rum is a great thing and how alcohol could be beneficial. And my answer is E, spice rum. It's goofy. It's not what she's there for. But she's not there to hear what you think about IL-6 inhibition or combination biologics or biomarkers and all, you know, what you spent the last 10, 20, 40 years learning. She doesn't want your knowledge. She wants to know that she can trust you. She wants to know that you're going to listen to her. She wants to know that you're a doctor and not someone who's going to be a four-star general telling her what to do. And then she's going to doubt you. It's better to get her trust. So I would have spent 10, 15 minutes talking to her about spice rum. I know nothing about spice rum, but I'd get as much as I could out of her about it and then make her comfortable, say a few things about alcohol not being a taboo thing in people who have arthritis. Alcohol is anti-inflammatory, as you know. And then you have her confidence. Ask her what she wants to do. So do something simple from the start while you're staging her and doing testing. Then move on. Now, she, you're a doctor she can trust. Tune in for more QD Clinics here this month in September. This month, which is Hard Decisions in RA, has been sponsored by BMS. Welcome to QD Clinic on RA. Hi, I'm Jack Cushwood Room now. Our first case is going to be about a 29-year-old who has RA for the last two and a half years. This woman is taking methotrexate. You had her dose of methotrexate escalated at her last visit three months ago to 15 milligrams a week. She's also taking 200 milligrams of hydroxychloroquine, which is all she can tolerate since she's only about 105 pounds. She's not doing well the last several visits, which is why you escalated the dose of methotrexate. 
today. She still has five tender, three swollen, a set rate of 48. She says she can't go up any further on the methotrexate. And you ask her why, and, and well, let's put her on a biologic. She says, I'm, uh, I'm afraid of biologics. I am, the TV ads are scaring me. Well, why can't we go up on the methotrexate? Well, she says that she's got sores in her mouth. Um, she feels queasy. And after she takes the methotrexate, she sort of shuts down and lays in bed for a day and a half. And the question is, how are you going to manage this? And this is a QD clinic about treatment pearls for methotrexate. So your options are um, change her to sub-Q methotrexate which is, by the way, what the ACR guidelines would tell you to do. Two, increase the folic acid or change her to folinic acid. Three, give her triple DMARD therapy. Four, do what Cush does. Yeah, let's go with four. Do what Cush does. And let's review the other options. The ACR guidelines say that if you're having problems with tolerating the drug, go from oral to sub-Q, which is the dumbest thing I've ever seen on paper. If you give the drug parenterally, you give more of the drug. As you know, as you give oral and you get over 15 milligrams, you have variable absorption. If you give 15 milligrams IV or sub-Q or parenteral, intramuscular, you get 100% of it. You're going to get more, not less, nausea, vomiting, sores, blahs. I don't know what the hell they were thinking when they came up with that on the guidelines. Number two, there's almost no evidence that folate lessens those side effects. Folate lessens the amount of methotrexate discontinuations. That's been proven in a Cochrane report. Um, adding in other drugs won't lessen the methotrexate side effect. What do I do? For We have two problems here. We have oral ulcers. We have queasiness, which is either an oral GI problem or a CNS problem. And then we have a CNS problem, methotrexate blahs. For the oral GI, oral ulcers, Nausea, sometimes queasy, very easy. Vitamin A, over-the-counter, 8,000 every day. Not with the methotrexate, after methotrexate, every day. 8,000 units. You cannot get into trouble. You cannot cause any problems. It will reduce the side effects of oral ulcers, maybe nausea, by as much as 70%. I'm saying 70% of people will respond completely. It's very easy and dirt cheap. Why? Because if you take methotrexate and you squirt it down the throat of a rat, they'll get a hemorrhagic enterocolitis. Pre-treating them with vitamin A prevents that from happening. Learned this from a folate scientist a long time ago. That takes care of the oral ulcers, maybe the nausea, but I think nausea and queasiness is a CNS feature, and that goes along with the blahs. If you survey all your patients about CNS toxicity with methotrexate, 55% will have some kind of CNS Features. And the most common one is the blahs. I just really sleepy, can't function, feel like a dish rag. And it, and it resolves in 24 to 36 hours. It is a direct neurotoxic effect of breakdown products of, of homocysteine and homocysteic acid, which gets taken up by NMDA receptors in the brain, which you can block with dextromethorphan. That's right, Robitussin DM, cough syrup or Guifenesin DM, Mucinex DM. It works incredibly well, and you only have to give it with the methotrexate and after, two or three doses. So I like to use Mucinex DM with the methotrexate on Friday night, and then give the next dose the next day. So again, this works really well. Same thing, 70% effective. 
I think this, and we did a study on this showing that this works. Most people don't know about that. This is why I'm telling you um, to consider this as a pearl when you're faced with these very common methotrexate side effects issues. We want to thank BMS, the sponsor of this month's campaign called Hard Decisions in RA. Welcome to RAQD Clinics. I'm Richard Conway uh, from Dublin, Ireland, and I'm here to talk to you about a case of an RA patient on metatrexate with progressive dyspnea. So this case, this lady came in to see me. She's 65. She has had rheumatoid arthritis for 20 years. Um, she's done well. She's in remission. She's on metatrexate monotherapy, 20 milligrams weekly. She is seropositive for rheumatoid factor is 110, CCP greater than 340. She's an ex-smoker. And she comes in to see me. She says, actually, I'm, I'm doing fine. My joints are, are good. But there's something I don't even think it's it's your thing. But I've been feeling more short of breath. And I say to her, is this, is this a new problem? Has this been something that's been affecting you a long time? And she says, well, actually, I, I think this has been going on maybe a couple of years. But I thought I was just, just getting old. Um, but now at this stage, it's gotten to the point where she can't even climb a flight of stairs without getting short of breath. So there's... A whole load of things this could be. There's lots of things we need to do to try and figure this out, but we cut to the chase. We ultimately end up doing a, a CT scan of her chest. We see interstitial changes in her lungs. She's got fibrosis predominantly in a basal and subpleural pattern. She's got traction bronchiectasis, and her lungs are pretty, pretty shot um, altogether. So what are you going to do in this situation? This is a patient on metotrexate. Is the metotrexate causing this problem. And no, it's not. This is not due to metatrexate. Metatrexate can occasionally cause a pneumonitis. That is very different presentation to this. It usually happens in the first six months to a year of metatrexate treatment. Patients get acute or subacute infiltrates on their lungs. They don't get this slowly progressive fibrotic uh, lung disease. This is absolutely characteristic of rheumatoid arthritis related interstitial lung disease with a usual interstitial uh, pneumonia pattern. The other thing about this metatrexate pneumonitis is that it's rare. The cardiovascular inflammation reduction trial showed that the highest possible rate of metatrexate pneumonitis is 0.3% of patients treated with metatrexate. Why do I say that's the highest rate it could possibly be? That's because one of the patients who wasn't receiving metatrexate in this trial got metatrexate pneumonitis. So some of this stuff is probably not due to the metatrexate, even in this rigorously controlled uh, trial uh, setting, which was specifically set up to look at uh, side effects like this. In contrast to that, rheumatoid arthritis-related interstitial lung disease is really common. Affects at least 8% of patients getting symptomatic uh, rheumatoid arthritis-related interstitial lung disease. So this is something we are seeing all the time or should be seeing all the time. You could say, oh, sure, maybe this situation, maybe we should just stop the metatrexate. It makes things easier. But no, that's exactly the wrong thing to do. We have very good evidence from a number of studies now that disease activity of the joints in rheumatoid arthritis is associated with the development and the progression of interstitial lung disease. If you stop the metatrexate, you're potentially losing the effect on the joints. The joints could go out of control and drive this disease process further. 
And consistent with, with that, we have a number of studies that specifically show that metatrexate itself prevents and delays ORA interstitial lung disease. We even have one study that shows if you have ORA interstitial lung disease and you give patients metatrexate, it also slows progression of known ORA ILD. So if you stop the metatrexate, the only thing you can do is make things worse in this situation. And I would go further than that. What I did in this scenario, I increased the metatrexate, put it up to 25 milligrams, change it to subcut administration to try and get maximum bang for the metatrexate in this case. What else should you do? Well, you need to do something else to address uh, the lung disease. Again, going back to that disease activity data, that would suggest that the best thing we can do in this scenario is increase our rheumatoid treatments and using treatments that are likely to be effective potentially for any residual joint disease that we're not picking up, but also that have shown some benefit uh, for the lungs. And what are these agents? So the best evidence is for the non-TNF inhibitor biologics, so particularly rituximab, but also abatacept and tocilizumab. And that's what I did here. I added in rituximab uh, to her treatment. And she's done well with this. Her lung disease stabilized. She even regained a bit of function uh, through some uh, respiratory physio work. Um, and she's feeling better. She hasn't gotten any worse. She still has a reasonable quality of life. She's still on her metatrexate 25 milligram subcut and on her rituximab. So bottom line here, metatrexate can very, very rarely cause this pneumonitis, but actually in most RA patients with lung disease, metatrexate is about 30 times more likely to be beneficial than harmful and should not be stopped unnecessarily as it could potentially worsen an already bad uh, situation. I've been Richard Conway and uh, please tune into Room Now for all the other um, RAQD clinics.